Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the claw on this Tuesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hello, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Oh, what's going on with you? What do you got? What's cooking? I owe you 50 bucks. We got baseball starting in a couple days, so I got I to have Chelsea Venmo use some cash. <laughs> which some remi- cash. Which reminds me, I did I did, uh, I did. did a solid. You know, I'm a big peacekeeper, right? I like keeping the peace. You like to keep the peace? Uh, I went to my MLB TV account and made sure the favorite team there was the Arizona Diamondbacks. Perfect, perfect, yes. <laughs> I make sure. Me and your kid going back and forth. As long yeah. as I don't see Red Sox out there. He, he had he had changed the settings to the Red Sox. Something tells yeah. me I'm going to have to check it every single I was night. walking out of uh, Jersey Mike's the other day, picking up like lunch for the kids and everybody. And I'm walking out, some guy goes, go Red Sox! I'm like, oh, jeez. All right, it's baseball season. What is it's you, baseball season. What did you yell back? I was just like, I, I wasn't paying that much attention. Oh, okay, so okay. I was going in the door as he was coming out of the door. So he got me. I was, I would have had to like open a door and breathe. That would have been like a 10 second comeback. It wouldn't have been very good. involved. Was no, there no, no, nothing no, like that? No, uh, no. For those of you who don't know, um, <laughs> Gambo, the Yankees fan, and my son, the Red Sox fan, each share my MLB TV account. Right, we all chip so in. Can watch all the baseball We all games. chip in. Sequel. They all chip in and uh, they'll change it. Gambo will say the preferred team of the account is the Yankees, then my son will change it to the Red Sox and back and forth. Just make it the D-backs. I, I love the D-backs. I, 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 honestly, I can't believe I'm saying this. I yeah. really can't because 90% of the time you are the problem. I actually think he's the problem. Yes. I actually think he likes changing it just to be like the devil on the shoulder, right? Mm. Like, oh, what's the this? only thing is I, I'm going to change it. I usually look at it every day. So if he changes it, I'm changing it back. Okay, maybe you are just as bad. Maybe you are. You know what? Like, I thought? look at it every day. I never, I love that app. I mean, so I go you guys to, are I go just at a war of the petty. It would seem it's very petty. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Yankees. Oh yeah, Red Sox. Oh, and, and I, I'm just going to pick a random team. I'm just going to go Florida Marlins. Just pick the Rockies. What does anybody have against the Rockies? I'm just going to go Marlins <laughs> or something. Okay. Some crazy team. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we're violating all sorts of streaming laws by even bringing this up on the air. So we probably should get to our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo. Yeah. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Right, we're not going to lead with the Suns game. We're going to talk about it in the next segment because they beat the Jazz. And, of course, the news at Sham Sharania reporting. News that we expected to hear that, that Kevin Durant is going to play tomorrow against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And instead, we want to start with the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Jonathan Gannon who made his appearance today, along with the rest of the NFC coaches, at the NFL owners' meetings going on over at the Biltmore. They're here in town. And it was really the first chance we've had to hear from anybody within the Cardinals organization about the moves that have gone down so far this offseason. It's been very underwhelming, and that's putting it very mildly and very politely. And Jonathan Gannon today talking about the free agent moves that have been made so far by the Cardinals. Yeah, excited. Excited. I uh, feel like we added some really good pieces. Um, Some guys are coming in and create some competition with some of those position groups. The other thing I like uh, that Monty and I were kind of in lockstep about is some of those guys have major versatility, and so that's good when you're kind of um, 
add pieces in for some competition, but guys can play multiple positions. That also helps you in the draft that you're not stuck to, oh, well, we need a guard. Well, this guy can play guard or whatever the case may be. So uh, excited about getting to work with those guys and seeing what the best spots for those guys as it fits in when we start adding some, we'll keep adding pieces in the draft and free agency. Can I play one more? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah, then we'll react. Because I can, I can react. Yeah, this is yeah. as far as the criticisms about the level of activity yeah, in is. free agency. Here it is. You don't win games in free agency, says Jonathan Gannon. You don't win any games in free agency. I know that. Um, so yeah, I feel really good about the pieces that we added. We had a very clear vision of why we added them, and um, we know why they know why they're coming here, uh, which is huge to me. They know their role and and where we're gonna what we're gonna ask them to do and how we're going to ask them to fit in. And um, I'm excited to get to work with those guys. Reaction? Uh, yeah, the, the, the Chiefs last year signed Juju Smith-Schuster free agency. Marquez Valdez-Scanting free agency. Justin Reed free agency. Orlando Brown Jr. free agency. How, how did the Eagles get Hassan Reddick? Free agency. Free agency. Okay, first of all, he's wrong. Okay, he's wrong. You can win games in free agency. You may, you know, I mean, you've got to add free. It's it's a tool. It's an avenue to go get players, good players that can help you. You can plug holes. But to sit there and say you don't win games in free agency, is, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous comment by the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. They have been quiet. They haven't spent any money. They haven't done anything. He's trying to justify it. Just trying to justify it. Well, you don't win free agency. Why didn't you sign any free agency? Because you don't win games in free agency. No, actually, you can. You can win a lot of games if you sign the right free agent. Now, you prefer to not have to. You prefer to have two, three good drafts in a row, and you've got a great roster of players that you're developing, but that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Everybody's got to go out and make moves. I mean, the Rams won a Super Bowl with not a lot of homegrown players. Mm -hmm. They went out and got guys to help them win. So, you know, to sit there and say you don't win games in free agency, look, it's it's just wrong. It's wrong. You prefer not to win that way. You prefer to do it through the draft and not have to spend big money on free agency. But you can win a lot of football games if you sign the right free agents. Yeah. You, you, you look, the word you said that really stood out to me, a tool. It's a tool. It's part of it. It's not the only part. It's not the only way to do it. But it's, it's important. It matters. You're adding good players. You're collecting good players. Cardinals didn't do enough of that this offseason. I mean, they just they haven't. And it's, and it's been really obvious watching watching the rest of the NFL react to what they've done in free agency so far and see people move them down on power rankings, right? Put them last in power rankings based off of what they've done. That's not to say that some of the guys they added weren't good, and that's not to say that some of the moves they made weren't good, in particular keeping guys that they wanted to keep. Not all of them, but some of them. But this idea that that oh, we're so excited and it's awesome and it's great and every, everything is awesome and it's just wonderful what we've done it it doesn't it doesn't feel awesome these last two weeks haven't felt awesome right it hasn't felt like it's been this momentous kind of momentum changer for the cardinals organization if anything it feels like they know next year isn't going to be a very good one and they don't want to overspend because of it and i'm fine with that and i'm fine with that i'm so fine with that And, and, and you and i man 
you and I are so on the same page about that, right? Like, okay, if this is the plan, if you're really thinking about taking a step back this year, fine, he, fine, we, we we support it. Yes, we you, do. Don't be afraid and, to tell everybody. Don't be afraid. And I understand some coaches and some organizations are going to feel the need to stick their chests out and say, "Nope, everything's good. We're fine. It's nothing to see here. Everything's all right." right. Behind closed doors, they're like, "How the hell are we going to win with this roster?" But I also think if you're looking at it. Honestly, if you're a fan and you're looking at it honestly, it's hard to take a lot of positives out of what the Cardinals have done. This free agency, I mean, it's hard not to look at it and say, you really think you're a better football team because of the moves that you've made? I, I don't really know what we're supposed to look at nobody would, to justify nobody would that point that. of view. You know? The only thing you could say is that, you know, that Cliff was such a bad coach that, you know, Gaddon's going to come in and change everything and all the players will be a lot better. But you let go of Byron Murphy. You let go of Zach Allen. You you know, you've J.J. Watt's gone. Like, a lot of good football players are gone. Like, they're gone. Mm-hmm. And you haven't added a lot of good football players. You plugged some holes with some, you know, versatile, like, you know, role players. But you haven't added a lot of good football players. You can add good football players in free agency. It happens every year. Every year, good players get added to rosters. So, I didn't like his answer that football games aren't won in free agency because it's just not the truth. You can win football games. You don't prefer to do it that way. You prefer to do it the old-fashioned way. But free agency, like, it's a tool. It's a tool that everybody uses to try to make their roster better. Yeah, and I get it. He's got a responsibility to the players coming in to prop them up. He's got a responsibility to the players they kept to prop them up. He's the head coach, right? He's 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 going to be positive about them. He's going to be positive about them. He's going to be positive about the guys that they kept. I, I, I'm not dumb. I understand that's part of his function as the head coach is to speak positively of the moves that they've made and the players he got. If he has a press conference today and says, yeah, I really don't like what we did in free agency. We didn't add anybody any good, right? I mean, like, he's he can't do that. I understand he can't there's do that. There's a way to do it, though. There, but there's a, there's a middle ground here where it doesn't have to be so positive and so overwhelmingly glowing about how great right. everything is because I think most fans will look at this realistically with a brain in their head and go, it hasn't been a great offseason for so the next Arizona year, Cardinals. And next, I don't know how he tows that line, but yeah. I think he's got to do a better job of towing it. Yes. Next year, when, when they've, ha- if they've hopefully had a good draft and they make some strides with younger players and and after maybe next year in free agency when they sign three or four players and they go out and they spend some money, are we going to sit there and say, but wait, you told us last year that you don't win in free agency. So why did you just spend all this money in free agency? Why did you just spend all this money in free agency? So I make, I mean, is it because you know it's not going to always be like this. You know that eventually when they're good enough, they are going to spend money on free agency and they're going to do it because they think that those guys are going to help them win football games. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, just in time for the playoffs, the Phoenix Suns appear to have found their groove. That's coming up next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo, afternoons, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage, brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Payne, weaving through the lane, gets to the rim, missed the runner, rebound, put back up and in by Bismack Biombo. It almost looked like a pass, it was so clean. It did. Biombo right in rhythm, put it right off the window. He's got 11, and now three Suns and double figures off the bench. Bismack Biombo, TJ Warren, you can't Terrence stop Bismack Ross. Biombo. 
Uh, Ish Wainwright. Two three-pointers at the end of that game. Campaign. Hello, Bench. Yeah, campaign's going to join us today, 3 o'clock. Yep. For the second straight game. Love it. Love I it. had wondered whether they were going to put Devin Booker back in this game. I had wondered whether it was necessary to put Devin Booker back in this game. After, they did. Yeah, they did. They Ultimately, they, they did. did. They played him for like three minutes. Yeah. But there was, I mean, I remember them talking on the broadcast last night. You're like, you could see Chris and DeAndre and Devin standing at the scores table waiting to check in. And EJ even said something like, Go back to the Go bench. Back. Go back to the bench. Go back to the bench. You know, you, Monty, you like the, the way the guys are playing on the floor right now, they're telling Monty, yeah. hey, send those guys back. You don't have to play them. The bench was once again the story last night. And what an interesting story that is for the Suns who beat the Jazz on the road last night. Yeah, this is the second game in a row where the bench was able. Now, it started, or it actually started late in the third quarter. I mean, Utah had taken the lead 81 78 on a three pointer by Juzang. But then Bismack Biembo scored on a dunk. TJ hit a baseline jumper. They go into the third quarter up 84 81. And what do the, what do the bench guys do? It's Payne, it's Biz, it's Ross, it's TJ, and it's Ish. They just expanded the lead. I mean, it just kept this run going and going and going. And next thing you know, they're up by 14. You know, 103 to 89. After TJ goes three on one, they go three on one. He gets fouled. He hits the free throw. He scores. They're up 103 89. At that point, I'm thinking the same thing you're thinking. Boy, I wonder if they're going to put Devin Booker back in the game. Now, like they did the other day, they did put him back in the game. Four minutes and 58 seconds left. He comes in with, with Chris Paul and DA, but didn't last very long. You're right, about you know two, two and a half, three minutes later, they take him out of the game. He only scored. But, you know, like the last game... They, when none of the none of the Chris Paul and Devin Booker didn't score in the fourth quarter, this game Paul had one basket, Devin Booker had one basket. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the theme of it is they they're not relying on those guys. No. They, in the last two games, they haven't needed Devin Booker and Chris Paul to do anything in the fourth quarter for them to win basketball. No, games. and and look, that obviously won't be the case come playoff time, and certainly on Wednesday. And if you miss the big big news, and it's it's really just a reinforcement of the old news, and that's that Sham Sharani is is expecting Kevin Durant to make. I want to call it his debut. It's not his debut. Return to the Suns lineup on Wednesday his against re-debut. Minnesota. His re-debut mm. uh, on Wednesday, as we fully expect. Look, you, you won't. It won't be like that come the postseason. But why this matters and why this is important is because someone's going to get those reserve minutes when the playoffs start. Now there might not be a lot of them. I would agree with those who would say that Kevin Durant's going to get forty-one to forty-four minutes. Devin Booker's going to get forty to forty-four minutes. DeAndre Ayton's going to get thirty-five to forty minutes. I, I get the reserves minutes are going to be cut down but Kembo I am I'm watching these games and I'm just so fascinated by the different combinations that Monty's got out there and who and in particular how well Terrence Ross and TJ Warren now seem to be playing because as a secondary unit scoring for a secondary unit even though they might only get 15 minutes a game during the postseason man have those two come on so strong as of late and it really makes that bench look like a weapon for them that they can use sparingly but use it come playoff time yeah T.J. Warren, you know, are we surprised that T.J. Warren is scoring the basketball the way he is? I mean, we shouldn't be. I mean, because he can score. Now, Ross is shooting the ball a lot. Like, he's, you know, last three games, 16 shots against Sacramento, 12 against Philly, 14 against Utah. He didn't shoot the ball very well in this game. No. Two for nine from three-point range. He didn't shoot it well. But, man, he shoots it a lot. He he doesn't, there's not a shot out there that he doesn't like. Nope, there is not. So, he will take that 
bad shot, but I think it's everybody. I, I think as much as we can rely on Ross and TJ Warren and talk about them, I mean, Cameron Payne's played well, with, uh, and Bismack Biombo has played well. I mean, you mentioned Ish Wainwright with a couple of threes late. So I think overall the bench is playing together as a unit, like a pretty good unit. And TJ Warren and Ross are leading the way. Those guys are scorers, but there are other guys that are scoring to take some oh, of the pressure off of them as well. I'm only singling those guys out because I think in that stretch of the game where you're talking about the end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth, those guys really stood out. And for the last they couple did. of games, those guys have really stood out. I, I, I was also really intrigued by who was out on the floor at the end of the game when the starters came back, and it was Ish Wainwright and it was T.J. Warren. Now, obviously, you're going to sub out Warren, likely for Kevin Durant when Durant's back, but trying to figure out who's that guy in crunch time, right? We know Kogi has been starting the games. Who's finishing? Who's out there on the floor when it's time to lock up the game and finish it up? That's something else I was really keeping an eye on last night. And I was watching those two guys play. It's it's Monty's. Look, a week ago, Ish wasn't playing. A week ago, T.J. Warren was barely playing. Right now, T.J. Warren's playing. You know, Damian Lee. What did he get? Three minutes last he got night for a few minutes, but because like because of the zone. So he came into the game three minutes and thirty seconds left in the second quarter, and I see him come out on the court. And I'm like, what's T- what's Damian Lee doing out there? He doesn't play anymore. But I think because they were playing a zone, because they couldn't match up defensively with the Suns. They're just not a very athletic team. So they went to a zone defense, and I think Monty said, okay, let me bring Damian Lee, a shooter out there. And he knocked down his one three-point shot. But then once he went to the bench, he never got, he never got back in. Yeah, here is Devin Booker post-game on the bench and how they played. It's really big. You know, it's a big confidence for everybody to, you know, leave out of a game and it be damn near even and then them go up 10, 15 points. Um, you know, there's no words to put to us that we need out of them. Look, they reference this all the time during the Valley Sports broadcast. It is so encouraging to see your bench come out and increase your lead. Right, like that. That's that's got to be a very demoralizing thing if you're the other team because you're thinking Booker's not out there, Paul's not out there, Eaton's not out there. This is our time to make some of this back. Right, this is our time to get back in this game. And when you extend the lead, when the bench is out there, now again, all of this changes when Kevin Durant comes back and the rotations and the players you're going to rely on and how you're going to use it. It's going to be a totally different look on Wednesday, and they're really going to refine it. But what I like is that Monty's given himself some options now through the way he's played these guys, where it's going to be a lot. Of mixing and matching, and he's tried it lately, trying on different guys for size, and he's mostly gotten good results the last few weeks. They're only remarkably four and six without Kevin Durant. That's it's fine. All things being equal, that's not that bad. Well, they were two and six. They've won two in oh, a row. Oh, I know, I know. But if you step back and go big picture and we yeah. say, can you play 500 ball without Kevin Durant? Just Ultimately, about. Just they did. About. Just yeah. about. Came yeah. close to it anyway. What, what they did is they held on to the four seed. They weren't increasing anything, but they didn't lose the four seed. Now, it's still in jeopardy, yep. you know, but with Durant coming back, maybe this team goes on a roll the last few games. I mean, nobody's playing that well, so I think that they should be able to hold on to it because I think in the end, that's, you know, home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. If you can get that, that's great. You'll take it. You can, and if you can get it, you will take it. It's still a one-game lead. The LA Clippers won last night. So it's still a one-game lead in the loss column over the Clippers for the fourth seed. Still a two-game lead now over the Minnesota Timberwolves for the sixth seed. Wow. Look out. Here they come. Minnesota. That was as impressive as back-to-back road wins as you're going to get. They beat Golden State in Golden State. Sacramento in Sacramento on the second night of a back-to-back. They didn't have Carl Anthony Towns last night. 
right. Rudy Gobert, could it be that Minnesota is going to be the first round matchup for the Phoenix Suns? It's a, it's a very favorable matchup for Phoenix. I think so too. It's a very favorable I, matchup. And that Minnesota, because I, 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 I think they're going to struggle with Rudy Gobert and trying to figure out minutes. But, I, you know, Anthony Edwards is great. Carl Anthony Towns is great. Mike yeah, but, Conley has really yeah. settled stuff down there compared yeah. to D'Angelo Russell. But still, I think it's a favorable matchup. Rudy Gobert is a great rim protector. Guess what the Suns don't do? They don't go to the rim. They don't go to the rim. <laughs> they don't go to the rim. Hey, I got a rim hey, break. They don't go hey, to the rim. Protect this. I'm going to be 15 feet away. I'm Rudy, here I come. Here I come. I'm going to stop on a dime and hit a mid-range shot. There's nothing you can do. You can't do anything about it. No, you can't. Suns, Minnesota, tomorrow. Kevin Durant, by all indications, tomorrow will be the day he is back. Texas, your thoughts on the Suns. The FanDuel text line is open at 620-620 right now. When we come back, his Cy Young caliber season has now led to his first career opening day start. Zach Gallen, he gets the nod on Thursday when the D-backs open up against the Dodgers. He joins us next exclusively here on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Clubhouse Call-In with Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back. It is the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We are barely days away from the Diamondback season opener in Los Angeles, taking on the Dodgers. And joining us right now, the opening day starter for the Diamondbacks, making his first ever opening day start for this organization. Zach Gallen, our guest here on Burns and Gambo. Zach, how you doing today, man? Thanks for joining us. Doing pretty well. How are you guys doing? Real good. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on the opening day start. I know you had to keep it a secret for a little while, but eventually you had to tell the family so they could get out and watch it, right? Yeah, I uh, I, I kind of had an idea going in the spring. We were just you know kind of mapping back on the uh, on the pitching plan and whatnot, and then as it was getting closer kind of had you know a little bit more of an idea so let the family know so they can kind of make their their travel plans and whatnot and then i think uh maybe monday it was last week tori let me know officially so kind of got to call home and, and tell everyone you know what was going on all right zach i just watched an interview you did on the mlb network and they were like hey are you underrated and you said that you use it to motivate yourself man i don't see you being underrated i mean top five in the nl and cy young award i think everybody knows how good you are right now yeah i i i would say you know you could tell by the by my reaction and that question, it was a little bit, it was, it was a little hard for me to say, uh, underrated, but I, I still think ultimately that, uh, I still have something to prove. Um, and I still feel like I got to find that motivation somewhere, somehow, um, you know, someone slights me even, even in the smallest way. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think in, in my mind, it's, it's more of a, I still have something left to prove. So that's why I feel a little, um, a little underrated. So with that in mind, then, what did you work on this offseason? When the season was done, what was it your mission to accomplish this offseason? Be it rest, be it fine-tune, what were you thinking you needed to do? Yeah, I, I think it was both. Um, I think it was the first, you know, I, I know for sure it was the first time in my career that I, I threw more than um, – 100 and what 20 something innings in the big leagues i've had years before where i've thrown um you know 150 160 but i was split between you know triple a and the big leagues. so i was this is the first year i i got north of that of that 160 mark fully in the big leagues so just trying to rest and trying to let my body um you know heal and and you know do what it needs to do those those first few weeks and then on in terms of the, the physical side and the baseball side of it this is this is probably the first year that 
you know, I tried to come in this to the off season and spring train, not necessarily trying to add a pitch or, or, you know, do something crazy in terms of, you know, manipulate another pitch. I felt like I was in a, in a good space, uh, mentally and physically with, with how my pitches were, you know, moving, how they were feeling, how I was, you know, able to repeat them. So I think this year I tried to do the, uh, the simple is, is best kind of philosophy. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it was, was my main, you know, priority. You're a real studious guy, obviously, when it comes to your approach and how you pitch. How much research have you done in terms of the innings and what it might mean for you in terms of the stress that's going to be put on your body this year? You mentioned the rest that you're getting. What sort of research have you done on, on what that workload last year might mean for you this year? Yeah, uh, to be honest, I haven't done much research myself. Um, I put a lot of faith into our training staff here, um, coupled with you know my my representation on the agent side and, and their medical department and whatnot. And I, I feel like we have a pretty good synergy between between the you know two groups and myself and understanding um, you know what's what's the smartest way to, to go about you know following up a year where. You know, I exceeded innings, you know, my innings threshold before by, you know, maybe almost a third or close to a half. Um, so just I, I put faith in them and, and they know, you know, the best way to build up, the best way to, you know, maybe conserve some pitches, some innings, you know, throughout the year and whatnot. So, yeah, I haven't really done too much myself, um, but, you know, I, it's just something I'm cognizant of. But I try not to concern myself with that too much. But as I'm getting older, I understand that, you know, maybe – you know, conserving an inning here or there um, in a game might, you know, be able, you know allow me to get maybe one or two extra innings, you know, down the stretch when we need it in a playoff run. Hey, you've got a lot of familiarity with Herrera catching. You don't really know Moreno. Carson's going to be out for about two months. What's it like having to get used to a new catcher and trying to get on the same page? Yeah, I mean, losing Carson's definitely a big blow to us. Um, you know, a lot of guys. Uh, feel comfortable with him back there. He's he's our our, our guy on the field that, that we look to and, and tends to you know calm things down. But at the same time, I mean, he's an unbelievable player. Um, you know, we had to give up an un- unbelievable player to get him. And you know, I, I love working with Gabby. Um, we're still getting a little bit more familiar, like you said. It's it's only been a few outings in spring training so far, but you can tell that he's he's got a knack for this thing, and he's got a knack for handling the pitching staff and, and calling games. Um, I think the ben, the one benefit of this year has been, um, you know, having the pitch calm to myself. So I'm able to kind of call those pitches in there so he understands what I'm trying to do um, and not, you know, I, I feel like the learning curve was maybe a little bit faster just because it's like, all right, here, we can go right to, you know, what I'm looking for in this situation against this type of hitter as opposed to having the shake and, and all those type of things. But, um yeah, I'll just, you know, kind of kind of get familiar with him. I, I know there's going to be a little bit of growing pains there, but, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, with my familiarity in, in terms of, you know, doing my research and whatnot and, and understanding this league a little bit more that I can kind of help him, you know, learn as quickly as possible. A lot of people think this team can contend. I think so. The infusion of youth with all the young guys last year, I think it motivated a lot of people, pumped a lot of people up. It was just a lot of fun to watch. What excitement did that group bring to you, knowing that these guys are a part of the D-backs' future? Yeah, um, it, it, it was a lot of fun, honestly. Um, you know, it's it's. I've been saying this, you know, throughout – you know the off season last year, even the spring. This is this is the one, probably the closest team I played on in terms of you know guys just like to spend time with each other. They like to you know 
mess around in the clubhouse, like after the games, just kind of shoot the breeze, catch up, and just you know, like everyone's like I seem I, I get that brotherly feel from this clubhouse, um, and I think that's a lot of it's due in part to those young guys, like you said, they came up with each other, they they spent you know years together in the minor leagues, and you know for me, like I I had heard you know when I came over here, this the farm system was you know was was budding and it had some prospects, and you know after a while you started to say like okay where are these guys are they come like what's the deal and then they all got here and you could kind of see that like month or two at the end of the year when they all started to gel and those guys started to get comfortable playing in the big leagues and you know I, I think I think everybody here and, and the fans started to see that okay there, there's something there's something legit here I think. As the year went on, we started to realize what our identity was, um, you know, pitch really well, play really good defense and, and, you know, create a lot of havoc on the bases with our speed. Um, and I think um, I, I, the thing I've kind of echoed to the guys that, you know, no matter however the series ends, when, when, you know, we're playing teams, like whether we win the series, lose the series, whatever it is, like. I think it, it's. I want teams to be able to say, "Okay, wow, that 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 was a grind. We played D backs for three games, four games, two games. There was that was a grind." Um, so I think I think we're kind of you know falling into our identity, and it's something fun to watch. Zach Allen, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. All that being said, what are your team expectations for this team this year? What do you think you guys can accomplish, and what do you guys think you'll be competing for in September when this thing is is wrapping up? Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I think we're going to compete for a playoff spot. Um, you know, I think um, one fold of that is, you know, if, if you don't think you can compete for a playoff spot, what are you, what are you doing it for? What are you suiting up for? Um, but two fold of that is, is the fact that I actually do think we have the talent, um, you know, whether it's on the veteran side, the young side pitching the defense the base running um you know all the way to you know just our analytics staff and, and preparing us with that knowledge um and I, I think i think this is gonna be an exciting year for us um and I, I haven't been able to say that with full-on confidence um you know so far in my big league career so yeah i'm, I'm really excited all right, uncomfortable question here, and I do it out of love. Look, I love watching you take the mound every fifth day. You are under contract the next few years. You're not a free, a free agent until 2026. You just saw Corbin work out a new long-term deal. Is it something you think about, getting extended long-term in Arizona? Do you see yourself here? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I, I'll say this. Um First and foremost, I, I love it here. I love the I love the valley. Um, I love the I love the guys we have here. I love the the staff that we have here. Um, so in that sense, I feel super comfortable um, in the valley with the D backs. Um, on top of the fact that the park's a very pitcher friendly park to pitch in, um, so I love that. Uh, at the same time, I, I understand it's a business, and I understand that you know these things uh, you know tend to arise as the more you have success in your career and the, and the closer those those quote unquote business decisions. Um, start to become more apparent. I, I'll say this though, you know, my, my final part is that I'm I'm, co- I'm focused on the season this year. Um, focused on the guys in that clubhouse. Uh, focused on going out there every fifth day and, and trying to give us a, a legitimate chance to win. Um, you know, and, and see what happens. I think uh, to try and concern myself with, with the business side of it uh, is, is not necessarily my forte. So I'm going to concentrate on the baseball side of it, and whatever happens, happens. Zach, we appreciate the time as always. Congratulations on the opening day nod. That's got to be really cool. Sounds like your family's going to be there. Sounds like you're super excited about it. Congrats. We appreciate the time, and I'm sure we'll catch up at some point during the season, okay? 
Great, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Zach. That's Zach Allen joining us on the Arizona Sports Line here, the opening day starter for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, when we return here on the Burns and Gambo show, that fifth-year option, the deadline for the Cardinals and Isaiah Simmons is getting closer and closer. What are the Cardinals going to do? What should they do? That's next, Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo need to know. Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. 245, let's roll out today's Twitter poll question of the day. We've got our afternoon contributor, Eric Ruby, who's standing by. He's got today's question. I have no idea what it is. Ruby, what do you got for us? Surprise me. We heard a lot from Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon today talking about Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, the team in general, but also about Isaiah Simmons. And the big question with Simmons is that fifth-year option. The Cardinals have until the 1st of May to pick it up. Do you think they should do it? Yes or no? That's a great question. Such a good question. I don't know, but I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I cannot like take some, losing another young there. player. Yeah, there's doubt. Oh, there's of course a lot of doubt. doubt. This, this is, uh, I'm, I know it's like our job to be like definitive and opinionated and uh, all that stuff. I don't know. I mean, this is one of those ones I'm really on the fence about you know, it's, this one. It's like, Really on the fence. It's, it's like if, you, if if the answer is you're on the fence, it should be no. A lot of people feel that way. Hey, if you're talking to your friend, should I marry this girl? What do you think? I'm not really sure. But then the answer is no. Don't marry her. <laughs> this is true. Like, this, hey, I, I mean, I really like her. We get along. But I don't know. This is like, your daily insight right here. This is the most yeah, insightful you're thing you're going to say the rest you're of the questioning, show. Yes. If you're questioning whether you should marry somebody, don't marry them. Probably shouldn't. Yeah. So, like, when you have to question it. It almost leans you towards no. Like, it's not a definite yes. It's, it's not. And and I'm going to say no because I think no is more correctable than yes. And I'll explain that in a moment. But go ahead and give us the results of this, Roops. You guys are going to be shocked. Leading the way at 87%. No way. There's no way. Is yes. 87. Oh, I thought it was going to be no. No, 87% going Yes, they should pick up the fifth-year option. Only 13% saying no. Based off of the fact that he's the eighth pick in the draft and you don't want Hassan Reddick. Yeah, you you just don't want another Hassan Reddick, and I get it, but... Has Isaiah Simmons' play warranted such a move so far? I think it's like, I'm going to marry you because I don't want somebody else to. There's a really awkward car ride going on right now. (laughs) Somebody's looking at somebody and they're going, uh, I don't know what he's talking about. Or like that whole, hey, we need to get married or we're going to break up conversation. That's Mm. fun. That's all. Not, I have not had that, but I've no, I haven't. I, I my wife and I you did got not married have at that like moment. seventeen. Um, like, no, we didn't. We oh. were solidly twenty four when we got right, married. Right. Um, but that I've heard of people who have had that. Uh, if look, it's we're either getting married or we're breaking up. Your pick. It's like, ooh, that's not a real good banner under which to start the whole institution of marriage. But hey, however you want to play it, I'm surprised it's that much. Very surprised it's that much. Here is what Jonathan Gannon had to say today, and. And Ruby's right. You, you can find the poll question, by the way, on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. One word, at Burns and Gambo. At least for the next two weeks. Um, <laughs> are, are we blow- so you're not allowed to answer it unless you have a blue check mark. Are we blowing the lid off of that now? We're, well, we're- I mean, it's, all, it's it's reported. Like, if you don't have a blue check mark, you can't answer a poll question. Like, so I don't like. So apparently don't we're not know. doing poll questions anymore. We decided Eric came up with the idea of not doing a Twitter poll. Snail mail. Anymore. We're going to have you guys mail your answers in. <laughs> we're going to do poll. Pony Express. You're going to have to. I ain't paying for that blue check send mark. Your answer. No, I'm not either. I'm not doing it. But apparently, the only way you can answer a poll question is if you have a blue check mark. So we're not going to have a poll anymore. We're just going to have like an open ended question. Yeah, might that be. we can answer. That
that might be one of our solutions to it. Here's Jonathan Gannon. Amongst all the things he spoke about today at the owners' meetings, he was asked about Isaiah Simmons. I'm going to play the kind of generic comment first. Uh, you know, he obviously has a very unique skill set. A lot of guys uh, that that look like him can't do what he can do. So uh, just excited to get on the grass with him and, and see what he's comfortable with, with what we're going to ask him to do. And, and um, yeah, just excited to see how he fits into what we're going to do and help us win games. Specifically, though, he says he needs to see Isaiah Simmons in action before he can make any kind of conclusion fair, about him. Let him explain. Even though we might have a vision for him and he might say, you know, I can do this, this, and this. Let's make sure he's comfortable with what we're asking him to do mentally and physically. So uh, that'll take a little bit of feeling out um, from both sides. But we got time before we line up in, you know, week one in September. So I'm not going to rush that. We're not going to rush that. But uh, really good communication with Isaiah. You know, he got good news about, you know, uh, his health. Um, so he's going to be here and excited, ready to go. There is a rush, though. There's yes, a rush there on that fifth year option. There's a deadline, and it's not September. And it's not like it's not before training. It's before training camp. You're not going to get a real good look at him before you have to decide. Yeah, like May first is the at, deadline, right? So you're going to have to look at film and make a decision and talk to him and make a decision. Now, this is interesting because Pro Football Focus they did a predicting the fifth year option decisions for every first round draft pick from 2020. Isaiah Simmons, they go over pro football focus grade and war and the amount, his amount would be $12,722,000. That was what it would be. 12.7. 12.7. They said that the prediction is that the Cardinals will decline the fifth year option on Isaiah Simmons. The price is wrong. Um, Look, and to your point, I would decline it too. And here's why. Okay. Okay. Here's why I would decline it. Because if you say yes, you can't undo that. If you say yes, you're locked in. If I say no, I can still bring him back at the end of the year. I can. They or did. he could burst out and price himself out of your range. He could, but you're, you have to be prepared to overpay for him to keep him to do the things that you weren't prepared to do with okay, Hassan Reddick. I'm, in, I'm intrigued. Okay. Go ahead. You have to be prepared. So, okay, we're going to say no now, but you're officially in the audition phase. And if you do enough where we're like blown away, we have to, we understand as a Cardinal organization, we are, we are committing ourselves to the concept of having to overpay dramatically to keep you because we said no for your fifth year option. And as long as that willingness is there, as long as Monty Austinfort has the willingness to understand, I'm going to say no now, but when I say yes later, like, okay, we're not getting married now, but when I ask you later, I'm going to have to come up with a bigger ring, right? I'm going to have to come up with a nicer diamond. Right, but when in you order say we're not this. getting married now and, and she's got the option to look around, of course, of course, she might find something out there that's better than you. But remember, I still will have the option to sign him to my team before anybody else will get a chance to look at him. And I could I could tag him if I wanted to. I could make sure he stays. I, I so I would rather say no now so I could say yes later. It's risky. Rather than say yes now and tie myself something to do, I don't want a year from now. I if, think it's the safer play to say no I now. I understand what you're saying, but there is you know there is risk involved. Of course. Of course. Franchise tag's gonna be a lot more money and it's just a one year deal. And if you don't want to franchise tag him and he has the ability to look around, what you're saying is what he blo- he plays so well, he blows you away. You want to keep him. 
well, he probably played well enough to blow a lot of other teams away, too. And they're like, we need to go get that guy. Maybe. Maybe. But again, I can still re-sign him to a long-term contract before he even hits free agency. I, I can make sure he never hits free agency. I'm going to have to overpay to do it. I think my way is the safer way. I think I think by saying no now, I'm giving myself options for later. Whereas if I say yes now, I'm stuck. You're tied in $12 million. I, I, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. locked in. And I don't want to be locked into Isaiah Simmons. I don't. Because to, to Gannon's point, and there were some things that Jonathan Gannon said today that I wasn't a huge fan of. I did like this. I liked what he said about Isaiah Simmons. We gotta take a look. We gotta see. I don't know how he's gonna fit. I need to see him on the grass. I need to see him on the field before I know how we're gonna use him. That takes time. You're not gonna have those answers by May. My answer is no, I wouldn't do it. Okay. You? I think I would do it. Okay. I understand your point. It's a very good point. It's a very fair point. But I think I like $12 million is not a lot of money. He's a good player. He has proven to be a good player. Now, how they may use him may be different. Like, they may, you know, different defense, defensive coordinator, not Vance Joseph anymore. They may use him uh, in a different way. You know, box safety, slot. Like, I'm not sure how they're going to use him. And so that's why you may want to get a look at him because you're not sure how he's going to fit in your system. May 1st is the deadline. $12.7 million is is the price tag if they're going to do it. And again, the Cardinals have signed a lot of off-the-ball linebackers so far this offseason, which suggests they might be using him in a different way. When we come back, our next guest, along with the rest of the Suns bench, they have been holding up their end of the bargain these recent stretch games. Campaign joins us next exclusively on Arizona Sports.